0: southern storm a bold liberating rock shot through with blues
1: soul and gospel and now your hosts for the show brian
2: jones and jason johannes
3: welcome to another episode of the all things blues and southern rock podcast thank you everybody for participating on the facebook page and and downloading the podcast we just want to hug you all and the other person who wants to hug you all is jason what's up man
0: I, uh, you know what? I, I'll, I will hug you as long as you want me to, to hug you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm doing great. Merry Christmas to everybody. I know this is coming out on Christmas Eve on Friday, December 24th. So, Merry Christmas to everybody out there listening. And the present I want from everybody, from all of you for Christmas, is please follow us on all of our social media. Please follow us or um, sign up, subscribe to us on all your podcast stations, and give us a rating. That always helps us bring better gifts. Uh, To you, a better artist to come on the show. So Merry Christmas to you, Brian. How are you? Good, good.
3: I read something this morning, You like on the Google homepage, that, you know, outside our genre, but there was an interview with Sammy Hagar, and he said he was once asked to be the singer in Pantera after those guys. (laughs) Yeah, dude, Google it. I'm not lying. I wouldn't make that up. Yeah, I get is after like after Phil became estranged from those guys, like wow. <laughs> Sammy Hager got asked to sing in Pantera. It doesn't sound like that would fit at all. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> no. In that same interview he talks about, and I already knew like that when Steven Tyler was off doing American Idol and whatnot, like they asked Sammy to sing in. Aerosmith and he's like see that nah. would make
0: but see to me that would make more sense oh, given sure. the styles of music but yeah. Pantera I mean I don't I don't ever remember Sammy Hagar doing that kind of grunty lower yeah, like right. growly voice um yeah um yeah anyway so
3: Pantera the southern metal
0: band yes they are southern metal but yeah anyway but you I don't know what to say about that I want to chat with my friend, Brian, who's also the drummer in my band, who's a huge Pantera fan and ask him if he knows anything about this. If not, I will also blow his mind.
3: (laughs) So um, when I'm looking at your guitars behind you, are you mostly a Gibson over Fender guy or you got like equal share or what? I'm mostly
0: Gibson over Fender. I do own more Gibsons and Fenders, but I do have two Fender guitars. I've got a Fender Roadhouse Strat, which is that light blue. Uh, behind me, and also an American Special uh, Telecaster, which I really, really, really love. I'm more of a telly than a Strat guy, and I've played that live many a times in my show, but I'm much more of a Gibson guy. SG, Les Paul Special, Les Paul Jr., and Les Paul I have in my my arsenal. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It's something about the feel and the sound of those. Nothing wrong with the fenders, but I just, I'm, I'm a Gibson guy.
3: So I bring that up only uh, the Fender angle because I don't have, you know, I have five bases and I don't have Fender, but I have two Squires and both that I got just recently. Well, that's you know, Fender. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, just last week and this week, and I, I had like a couple, you know, bases I traded in. I had a short scale Ibanez, Tallman, and a, a Yamaha RBX TRBX 304, and just wasn't playing them at all. So I got the – Squire Affinity Jazz right here, Sunburst. Ooh, so, nice. How's I that thing play? Yeah, awesome, awesome, incredible. Yeah, uh, looks nice. And I got the Squire. Um,
0: so that one has a tobacco burst finish. It looks like the, so, right.
3: Yeah. And the other Squire that I got is the uh, a medium scale, thirty-two inch medium scale Jaguar. Uh, it's over there in the, in the
0: other nice. Room. So it's got the so, jag body, that kind yeah. of yeah. Offset. And it's like a charcoal gray and black pickguard, pick It looks pretty sharp. Nice. So. Bass player, in my band, his electric bass, he also plays an upright bass oh, really? sometimes. Yeah. Well, we start out as a rockabilly style band. Okay. And then for the first one in three quarters of our albums he played predominantly just that uh, that bass but then with a little bit of electric and then as we've gotten further on and our, our we've gotten more just kind of standard rock he's played more electric but he has a nice thunderbird gibson thunderbird oh, really? gotta use thunderbird oh it sounds great and it looks rock and roll as hell it's gorgeous
3: yeah i i, I had one of those for a while and it's just it's a
0: tank <laughs> it is a tank it's but it, like I a mean, it's like a surfboard on a telephone pole it, it's, heavy, it's a big it's a big thing awesome but, but Sounds when you're used amazing. to playing the upright bass, yeah. it's it's a, it's smaller. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You guys do two sets then, or uh, we'll just adjust instruments in between because okay. with me doing a lot of the um, the rhythm stuff, I'll switch between acoustic and electric guitars. Or if I'm doing stuff with slide in it, I'll have a, a third electric that's usually open G that I'll play on. So we have we try to shape our set list that allow me and the bass player to switch up our instruments when we're needed.
3: Right on, right on. Well, uh, it's Christmas time, and uh, last year we had the boys from State of America for our Christmas episode. And this this uh, year's a little different. I have this vision in my head, you know, of uh, Santa Claus, you know, driving the sleigh, but it's not powered by reindeer. It's turbo space powered <laughs> uh, sleigh with uh, Brother Greg Martin as Santa Claus. And it kind of got- looks like Santa. Yeah, and he's got some elves. He's got some elves named Boone, Patrick, and Bryson, and they're, uh, they're on their way to, to Lissa's house to deliver all her favorite vinyl. And if she's in Kentucky, that works out well because then they're going to make a turn and, you know, to a top secret location in the Columbus, Ohio area. To drop off your favorite vinyl and then they're like flying over to North Dakota and it's like light speed, like the Millennium Falcon, of course, of course, yeah, right? Right, run, so, probably
0: run on moonshine if it's coming from Kentucky for sure, yeah.
3: And then you know, they're dropping off the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion and uh Blackberry Smoke the Whippoorwill on vinyl. Ooh. And then, uh, then uh, as long as they're in North Dakota, they're going to make their last stop at Jennifer Lynn's house to uh, uh give her stacks of Rory Gallagher vinyl,
0: Rory Gallagher, and that was I like. I- Out of all the people we've spoken to, she was the first person to really bring up Rory Gallagher, and I appreciated that. I think he gets it a little forgotten. Well, in case
3: anybody's wondering what the hell I'm talking about, no, (laughs) no, I'm I'm not on mushrooms. Um, We have (laughs) a special for you, our Kentucky Roundtable panel, and uh, talking all about uh, the music of Kentucky and who raised the bar for who, and, uh, you know, I kind of gave you a clue in on uh, who's all who's all uh, on the panel there. And so we'll, uh, when we get there, we'll let Jason introduce them fully. So you guys are just gonna love this, our chat with our Kentucky Roundtable panel. Uh, kick back, enjoy, and Merry Christmas. We're here for the uh, guest segment of the podcast, and I always throw it over to Jason to tell everybody who we have with us, and this might take a little longer this
0: time. Oh my God, you're making me do all this? I'm going to have to remember everybody's name and what they do here, Brian. Um, And we might have a couple special guests drop in outside of who we have right here, which will make it interesting. So I'm going to go to my right and start in my right because we've got a good panel. Uh, Bryson Willoughby from Mojo Thunder from Lexington, Kentucky. How are you doing, Bryson? Doing well. How are y'all? Fantastic. Returning guest and I think official member of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast, Boone Froggett from the band Otis from Southwestern Kentucky. How you doing, Boone? Hey, man. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you back again. Uh, we have Lissa Nicole, who's from Alabama but does a lot of music in Kentucky, and she hosts the Hillbilly Hippie Music Review. How you doing, Lisa? Oh, you're on silent. You're on silent. She said she was happy to be here, and this is her favorite podcast outside <laughs> her own. Can we hear you? I can did. we hear
4: you? There you are. Can you are. hear me now? Yes, we can hear you now. Okay, I said I'm doing great. How are you? But I did right. also say that in my head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can read. I can read minds. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for being here, Lisa. And then, last but certainly not least, it's a uh, Pat Galanis from one of our favorite bands, Southern Governor. But he's from Virginia, but he has a lot of Kentucky ties, and you're going to hear about. Him. How are you doing, Patrick? We good. How you
3: We are good. Good. We're good. Um we should start with the obvious uh, that this wasn't subject matter but it is now after how's everybody doing after the storms how are your friends doing family is everybody okay um yet anybody that you've uh, had to reach out to or uh, how is everybody doing with that
4: everybody that i know is accounted for i had a friend lose somebody in oh, no. the tornado at work a family member um oh, the candle factory Yes. Oh, geez. Uh, She lost a family member there. So that was sad. But as far as my other friends and family, they're good, just dealing with a lot of devastation and trying to come up with ways to raise money and uh, send goods right now. That's our main goal.
0: Well, we're sorry to hear that. And, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody out there. Anybody
3: else uh, got
0: anything? Bryson Boone, you guys all, friends, family accounted for? man we were very
5: fortunate here in glasgow because it just you know just 20 miles south it 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 really hit bowling green hard but but uh, everybody's cool in uh, in in our neighborhood
0: here good bryson you guys all good there in lexington i know it's, you're a little further north of there yeah
2: yeah it completely missed us but uh, as far as like you know all
0: the friends i have in bowling green they all luckily uh, made it through good and Pat, I know you're in Virginia, but you everybody, all friends and family accounted for for you. Yeah,
3: as far as I knew. Right on. So uh, Jason here is going to direct traffic, which he supposed to do. Um,
0: <laughs> We've had a couple multi-panel things before, and and Brian thought I did such such a great job. I get to do it, but again, I know most of you all in some way, shape, or form, so it ought to be. Pretty awesome, Lisa Boone. Guys, if anything comes across for a fundraiser or anything for Kentucky for people, please let us know. Brian and I, I'd like to produce it. You know, produce it. We'd like to be involved, promote it, do whatever we can to help help everybody out.
4: Hey, we've got a couple things going on right now. Um, I know there's something coming up at the Burrell in Lexington. Uh, This actually, that might be tomorrow, the 16th. Um, Several great acts on that. And then there's some other things going on. I've shared them on Hillbilly Hippie, but I'll send them to you too. So, you please, we'll put them, them on our
0: social media. We'll mention them on here. And you know, we're recording this on the fifteenth. This episode is actually going to be out on on the twenty fourth, Brian, Friday the twenty fourth. Yeah. Yep. So it'll be a little bit past that. But listen, anything that you have, Boone, anything you guys hear about, we'll pass along. And we'll certainly uh, make sure our our listeners um, get to hear it. So, all right, we're calling this the Kentucky Christmas Special. Kentucky Christmas Special. Why is that? Well, there is a lot of extremely good music coming out of Kentucky right now, and there is a lot of really good music that came out of Kentucky for a long time. And everybody on this podcast right now either plays in a band in Kentucky, plays in a band that has a relationship with Kentucky, or promotes and talks about music that has Kentucky artists involved with it. So, first thing I want to do, and Boone, this this might go to you. I was going to save this for one of our special guests, and he maybe he'll get on. I, I can throw about him, but really. Which but what was the really start of the Kentucky rock scene, blues rock, southern rock scene? Like, when did that really start happening?
5: I think that goes goes back to maybe the mid late sixties. Greg could tell you better than me, but there was there was a uh, Buster Brown, there was a uh, Elysian Field, there was a band called Us and Company, and uh, I believe it was Us and Company that had the first ever Marshall amp uh, imported from England into Kentucky and. Uh, wow. And, and Greg has actually owned that. I think he's owned that amp or still owns it. But he remembers seeing it because he he came up in Louisville and he got to see all these folks because it was more of a, a, a happening scene in that area than it was the rural areas, like before he moved uh, moved around uh, Edmonton, Kentucky. So, so yeah, but as far as I know, it goes back to the mid-60s. Like I said, bands like the Rugby's, uh, Elysian Field, uh, Buster Brown, folks like that.
0: And then in the 70s, we've got kind of the Itchy Brothers, the beginning of the Kentucky Hud Hunters, yeah. and kind of anybody else who started hitting that 70s scene that you're aware of.
5: Exactly. And actually, you know, Bowling Green, Kentucky was a was a big tour stop. They had a place called Brandon's Tobacco Warehouse. And uh, I hear stories all the time. People saw ZZ Top there for the first time, Trapeze, wow. uh, Roy Gallagher, you know, all the all the bands, you know, I wish I could have seen.
0: That's pretty incredible. I mean, there's a really good rich music history. Like Bryson, you're a Kentucky guy. Kind of when would you start? When did you start becoming familiar with some of these Kentucky bands and like the history of Kentucky music?
2: Oh, um, <clears throat> obviously as a kid, like you know, we had the the Kentucky Headhunters was the first one that you know it was kind of like like bigger uh, on that scale. But um, as I got older, that's when I like you know learned about bands like Tail Dragger. Uh, which, you know, they're amazing. And then like, you know, here in Leicester there's a punk band called the Yellow Belts. Um, yeah, even like just around the Lyssen scene, there's like a ton of I mean, kind of a, a ton of those like blues rock or punk bands and all that. But uh, so that's more recently, though, that I kind of discovered like just how deep that like musical history is.
0: Yeah, you're a pretty young young dude. I mean, when did you kind of learn about Blackstone Cherry? Because I know they've been another, you know, kind of go Kentucky headhunters. I think Blackstone Cherry is one of the, you know, the next tier bands that I've come across that have been really publicly popular.
2: I think I was made aware of Blackstone Cherry uh, with their their first album. I think I was 14 when that came out, and uh, them. You and the young band-
0: bastard! That makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was uh, I was into a band called Silver Tide. That's kind of a yeah it's like yeah a, you know lesser known rock. Nick Perry yeah 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 amazing guitar player yep um, but anyways but the demo Blackstone Cherry was kind of like the first like oh like you know like young rock dudes like kind of still moving it forward and
0: it was even better when I figured out Blackstone Cherry was from Kentucky so with the ties to the Kentucky Hunt Hunters obviously right we've got that that yep. uh, familiar relationship with those dudes with. Within Boone, what what would that be? What is the familiar relationship with the Kentucky Headhunters there, and Blackstone Jerry?
5: Man, it's 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 really cool. This this little area is just like a it's like a big musical family, and uh, you know the Headhunters really really changed a lot of stuff in the way people thought about country music and the music that came from Kentucky. You know, taking those uh, those old Bill Monroe classics and kind of oh. rocking them up a little bit. And that, that's that's the cool thing about Kentucky is. We're, we're located, you know, between between, you know, like the big sh- cities like Chicago and then like the Mississippi Delta. So we got all those influences pouring in. Plus, we kind of have a have a thing of our own. So, if, I mean, if you're if you're familiar with the kind of old time music, if you listen to a Bill Monroe record, then you listen to a Robert John, Robert Johnson record, you kind of realize that there's not a whole lot of difference between the two. They're, they're kind of coming from the same place. It's just uh, there's just some different defining qualities.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then Patrick, so we, we got on the, the, the topic of Blackstone Cherry. So you've got some, some, uh, relationships with those guys in the Kentucky Hunt Hunters. So you guys talk, you're a Virginia man, but you can talk about your kind of Kentucky relationships with, with some of those, those guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I met, uh, Blackstone Cherry back in what, 2011. I bought some guitars and different knickknacks from them. Um, And then over the years, like I say, uh, Chris produced our record, so I got closer to him there, and I mean, we've kept in touch for a long time, and then uh, recently, I've gotten to get pretty close with Greg through Boone doing, you know, artwork for them, so that's been pretty cool, too.
0: Are you doing artwork for the Headhunters, is that what you said, or just for Boone?
1: No, just for Greg, mainly, we did the... Yeah, that pedal and stuff like that. Oh,
0: that's right. That's right. Yeah, he's got his pedal. And then did any production work with those guys on your album? Didn't they produce the first album? At least Chris did, right? So what you said? Yeah, uh,
1: Chris produced the record. And then uh, at the time, Stacy was playing guitar. So we didn't have an actual bass player. So uh, John played bass on it, from what I remember.
0: Nice. So that's your relationship. And now, Lissa, last but certainly not, not least, you know, hosting your Hillbilly Hippie Music Review podcast, kind of what have you learned about the Kentucky music scene?
4: Well, actually, quick correction there, Um, Hillbilly Hippie is the music review that I do, and then underground music.
0: That's it, you you got to correct me earlier. I'm sorry, I didn't
4: realize, I was just gonna let you keep going with it, Um, but no, through those two things, You know, honestly, people probably think I'm from Kentucky or I live there or whatnot, but I actually never visited the state till 2020. Um, So my, like, dive into Kentucky music has really been over the past two years, and gosh, I've learned so much about the people, the history, just the, they call me a, you know, honorary Kentuckian now, (laughs) pretty much, um, but as far as like the rock scene in Kentucky, you know, of course, growing up, I knew the Kentucky Headhunters. Um, but I kind of started out with the Josephines from Kentucky. That's who uh, Zachary and all them. That's was my first kind of taste into the rich rock scene there. So. And they
0: are a Bowling Green band, correct?
4: Mm-hmm. Right. They're from my nice. area. Yeah.
0: Well, it sounds like, guys, we might be having one of our special guests join us. Definitely, Kentucky, Kentucky Music Raldi. There he is. It's-
6: I'm trying, guys. <laughs> I cannot hear nothing. My, uh, <clears throat> I've never encountered this before. Can y'all hear me?
0: We yeah. can hear you. Can yeah. you hear us.
6: I can't hear you guys. This thing, I've never had it to act like this
0: before, ever. Hmm. Sorry. That's all right. Boone, you got to do your technical support, man. What can, what can you do? Uh, there's no volume. <laughs> there's no volume here.
6: Let's see. Let me figure this out. Yep. I, never li- I like to never got in. Um, darn it. The speaker, hang on. Let me try yep. one other thing. We got you. I got you. You got us? God, did this
0: happen? Hey, can you hear us? I hear you now. All We're right, we home? have an extremely special guest. Let me introduce you. you. just heard his voice. It is Kentucky Rock Royalty. He's been on the podcast once before. He's the reason why a lot of these dudes are out here doing these this band thing. It's Mr. Greg Martin. How you doing, Greg?
6: Well, I'm fine. I'm actually home. I wasn't going to be home, but uh, due to the storm, I'm way behind on stuff. Me and a fellow's been cleaning the basement and uh, just working in the basement right now.
0: Are you Ain't and your nothing, family friends... OK, Greg. What's that? Are, are you and your family and friends OK from the storms? Yeah, we're fine. We're good. We're good. good. We're good.
6: Yeah, we're OK, man. Uh, storms hit about 25 miles west of us. The places that did hit, it hit pretty hard, actually. Yeah, it hit yeah. really bad. Yeah. Like yeah.
0: Mayfield. Well, thank you for joining us like the ghost of Christmas. Past, future. <laughs> this is our Christmas episode, so you get, you get to pick which ghost you want to be. Casper, but that's not right. a real- <laughs> <laughs> Well, on our panel today, if you don't know, look we have, at the bear. Uh,
6: My God, it's Boone Froggitt. It's Boone Froggett,
0: <laughs> who you never see and you never get to work with. The we have Rice, the King of Tompkinsville Road. <laughs> the king of Pumpkinsville Road. I'll to remember that. Oh, Tompkinsville. Yeah. Um, Greg, we also have Bryson Willoughby who plays in a band uh, called Mojo Thunder out of Lexington. oh Mojo
6: Thunder. I know who they are.
0: Uh, there oh, you well, go. Great. See, you got a fan, Bryson. <laughs> uh, and uh, some dude named Patrick Galanis from Virginia, some some Southern Governor band, if you ever heard of him.
6: Oh, yeah, sure I have. <laughs>
0: oh, he's showing the CD. There you go. <laughs> got and then
6: we got their autograph hanging up down here, too. Nice. Yeah, well, see, Pat, look at that, man. And we know Mojo Thunder. I've got their album, too, somewhere around here.
3: And what an awesome yeah. album it is. Heck, it yeah.
0: Is. Great. Gee, is it that Brian? That's Brian. <laughs> hey, Brian. What's going on, man? Brian's showing the, the Mojo Thunder album. I, yeah. I feel naked. I'm from the electric album. church
3: next to my Mojo yeah. Thunder Marlboro cigarette-looking t-shirt.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, my step, my stepdaughter Sherry sent me their album. They know Sherry. Yeah, I, I think, I hope they do. Yeah, hope yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know Sherry? Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We've <laughs> hung out with Sherry a lot. Sherry.
6: Yeah, and I hope, yeah, Sherry is a. We should have invited her on here, but but we would not have got a word in edgewise. So there. You
1: go. <laughs> but anyway, guys, but
6: I'm, sorry. I'm sorry about the sign. Normally, when I get an invite. I just hit the thing and it goes right to the meeting. But this time it was asking me for passwords. And finally I si- I went through, somehow I went through Facebook and signed in through that. So God knows what I've done. I've done something.
0: Well, it worked, whatever it is. And we're, we're glad you made it on. And I've, it was nice. It's like when you have those, you know, those specials on TV and they bring in the yeah. guests later on. I'm like, here you go.
6: Yeah, well, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do a fashionably late. <laughs> I just, I was starting to get old and grumpy and
0: starting to want to throw stuff, but I couldn't do it. Then. Hey, me too
3: when technology doesn't work.
0: <laughs> oh man. That man, actually I, works. There's a term yeah, for that, and I can't remember yeah, the term for it.
6: Yeah, I think the last time we talked, I never had a problem. I've never had a problem with it no. until today. So who knows? Me and Boone will I'll have him send me a link tonight. We'll make sure we'll see if there's something else going on, you know. So it's no big deal. I'm here.
0: Glad, We're glad to here. you're here. And thank our you. last guest that you don't probably know is Listen Nicole. She does a Hi, give me the name of your podcast. I don't want to blow it up again.
4: <laughs> Underground Music Discovery Podcast, and then Hillbilly Hippie Music Review, out of based out of Kentucky. <laughs> I like that. There we go. <laughs> I like that. Yeah.
0: So, so thank you. So she's in Alabama, but does a lot of music and artists that are in the Kentucky. Uh, Seeing she promotes them oh. so she's on here to join us
3: who, okay. Lisa, who are some of the artists that you that you that you cover
4: uh well currently I actually manage Cody Howard from Harlan Kentucky um but I cover golly in the past I've covered um uh, Cole Chaney um the Josephines, obviously. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to run off all the Kentucky ones. I <laughs> do so much. Um, you put me on the spot here. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cody Lee Meese, um, he's amazing. Front down from Somerset, Kentucky. Him and his band, the poor excuses. Um I'm have look brian having a brain fart again every it's time okay. i to right. you, you happened we got the gist so <laughs> yeah <Sit. laughs> there's a lot of great ones
0: cool so greg we just started talking a little bit about yay you know, everybody's on here because the relation to the mm-hmm. kentucky music scene
4: mm-hmm. and we want to
0: kind of start from when did that really rock scene in kentucky start happening mm-hmm. boom filled us in a little bit but like give us give us tell us where did this rock scene in kentucky who did it start with when did it start how did all this stuff get rolling
6: uh, Boone, when did you say? <laughs>
5: <laughs> I was talking about, uh, us incorporated the rugby's Elysian field, all the stuff you're about to say.
6: That's right. That's right. Actually. Well, right. Um, uh, if you go to Louisville or Lexington, there was definitely a uh, great rock scenes happening up there. Matter of fact, uh, there was a band out of Louisville, two or three great bands, uh, there was Soul Incorporated, which morphed into Elysian Field in 68. And then uh, there was the Rugby's, as Boone said. They had a, a regional hit UI back in 69 or 70. Uh, some of the members from NRBQ, Steve Ferguson, Terry Adams, came out of Louisville. So NRBQ actually has roots in Louisville. Uh, there was the Oxfords out of Louisville. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Then if you kind of there was a band that really had a big influence on us personally, which would be us incorporated. But there was another band called Buster Brown, which was Kenny Lee Smith, Bobby Ritchie on vocals, Steve Holmes on drums and Rico Thomas on bass. And honestly, uh, that was a huge influence on Itchy Brother. Uh, uh, Elysian Field was a big influence on me. But uh, Richard and Fred never got to see Elysian Field. We loved Us Incorporated because they were a local band that had a record deal, which was a, a big feat for 1968, you know, around here, because the only record deals anybody had around here was Columbia Record Club, you know, 10 free records you know, <laughs> for, or for 99 or whatever. But um, me and Buster Brown were the first band that kind of morphed the blues, boogie, rock uh, thing together. And I, I think they they really uh, influenced Itchy Brother, of course. Itchy Brother morphed into the Headhunters, as you know. And we influenced a few others around. Um, when I hear Blackstone Cherry, uh, that's a whole different genre. I, I don't know if we influenced them, except if, if we were an influence, we, they're probably cussing us every mile of the way, you
0: know. Well, well it's family. We, you got to influence family.
6: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But from a musical standpoint, uh, it was, um, you know, we kind of came out of that Buster Brown thing, really, I I believe, a lot. And there was another band out of, there was another Southern rock band out of Bowling Green that came real close to signing with Capitol. They were called Slick Rock. And uh, that was Kenny Lee Smith from Buster Brown and some other fellas. They had like a three guitar army, so to speak. And they were really good, good band. Just, uh, Never could capture the magic in the studio and never could uh, ink a deal with a label. Of course, you know, coming out of Kentucky in the 60s and 70s, it was a little hard. Um, Exile did it in uh, 1977, no, 78. But. Uh, they were a great rock band, but when they when they finally sprung onto the scene, they had "Kiss You All Over," <laughs> you know, which was nothing like what we were used to. Exile was another great band, by the way, another great band. So, you know, the roots are kind of what we what I, I think Boone probably covered it pretty well. Actually, he covered it really well. Now,
0: who's heard of those bands on the panel? <laughs> we got a, we got some Young Guns here. Who's familiar <laughs> probably- with those guys beyond Boone? nobody nobody all right, <laughs> right nobody and then we come up with the headhunters who take take the world by storm and then you know obviously the cut Kentucky southern scene there in sure. the 80s and start yeah. really inspiring and probably a lot of what these guys uh know and hear and kind of run themselves after too so that's kind of what we're getting through is you know what was Bryson's connection with with some Kentucky music Pat Boone and everybody at the same point so you gave us a good initial like Jump speed to Kentucky. So, so Greg, um, and everybody else, And listen, everybody ask questions, chime in, don't wait for us to ask, you know, definitely step in. Let's say you host a show, so you know to do this. So, Greg, like, when you guys really start becoming big out there, you know, you're on MTV, you're in the Grammys and everything, kind of what bands do you think around that scene you guys were inspiring at in that time? Because those are probably some of the bands that really inspired Boone, Bryson, and Pat.
6: Mm. well... When we sprang, you know, when we hit and the uh, first album was released in '89. I, I don't know because we were amongst a. it was we were coming out of a scene in Nashville that was quite different. What what opened the doors for us initially, I think, was the Georgia satellites. They weren't a country band, but they influenced a lot of co- they they influenced as many country artists as anybody, you know, everybody was trying to write keep your hands to yourself. Uh, Richard and Marty Brown and another fellow wrote a song called I'm from the country. And that was completely inspired by uh, the Georgia satellites. Well, and you got to remember the mid eighties was a very, very interesting time. There was a lot of alternative music going on. There was a lot of, you know, the the Athens, Georgia scene was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a whole different thing, but also Steve Earl helped kick down the door before we did. Foster and Lloyd did. Dwight Yoakam and Pete Anderson had a big thing to do with it. There was another group called the O'Kanes. So there were some really groups coming from the coming out of not the norm. I mean, you had your Andy Travis and George Strait and stuff like that. But then these other acts started coming out with kind of going back to the country but doing it more raw. Uh, Now, I don't know who we actually influenced, but
0: everybody on this on this show right now <laughs> well that, that
6: that's nice and thank you I, we appreciate that uh um uh, i think the influences came later you know because we were just uh you know we put our band together in 86 it was put together in 86 it was just a uh, you know it was just i was i was playing with a country artist by the name of ronnie mcdowell uh okay. Doug and i were and we were kind of playing a rockabilly country thing with him and um we put the head honchos together, so we just have some, have some fun, you know, go play little places in Bowling Green, Louisville, and we we played Nashville too. So we had no idea that it was going to sign with Mercury Records and the first album would go double platinum and win a Grammy. That was never the plan; it just happened. Uh, I think th- there was just a lot of people in Nashville at the time that grew up listening to rock and they listened to the blues and they listened to George Jones and they listened to Merle and Hank. And, you know, they just thought, well, these guys are just taking all these influences and making their own burgoo. And we were just, you know, we produced our own album, we financed it and we actually sold it to Mercury and um, it was just a happy accident. Well, awesome. Awesome and
0: way. You, <laughs> and you said some really cool stuff, particularly outside, even the Kentucky scene, the stuff that was happening in like Georgia. Yeah the Georgia oh, yeah. satellites and, you know, the alternative rock scene that was going on. I know a lot of people were influenced by early REM, you know, black crows for one. Yeah, sure. So, so Brian, I'm going to throw it over to you real fast. I'm going to go around and give everybody the same question. What were some of those bands around the same time? Like not just Kentucky, but like Southern music that, that you sort of grabbed onto and that sort of got us to the point where we are today. You're asking me. Yeah. I'm asking you, man. This is
3: Obviously, you know, and I've said a lot of times before, um, in the spring of 1992, a band called the Black Crows came out with their second record, "The Southern Harmony and Musical Companion," and I never got into "Shake Your Money Maker" because, you know, I was still, you know, probably waist deep in, you know, the we Los Angeles and
0: tights, the dude. Los <laughs> Angeles metal
3: thing. Um, <laughs> and on a quick side note, there is bands like Tesla and Cinderella that kind of started making me aware of this. There's blues rock, you know, but. Uh, and when, with Shake Your Moneymaker, too, I just kind of thought, well, this is just another Georgia satellites. But Southern Harmony music, Musical Companion just, it just blew the doors off everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, here we, I mean, it changed my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you know, uh, you know, you find out what they like, what they listen to. And then mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that I have a close friend that's had been to a ton of Stone shows. So, you know, with him, you know, I've seen the Stones now eight times. And so the Stones and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And then, uh, and then there was kind of, you know, as the crows went on and the lineup changed and I was still went and they were good and everything. Mm-hmm. But for some reason I got really late to the party to Blackberry Smoke. Cause I didn't get into them till right before Find a Light came out. Mm-hmm. And then once again, you just, who are they listening to? You know, and I, I, don't know the precise moment when i got into the kentucky headhunters but i know it was you know um um you know from the song uh beaver creek mansion and i'm like this is like a rock song, Great like,
0: song. Yeah. And, and
3: i think and we've talked to greg about this before like there was i think always a misconception that well the kentucky headhunters are a country band and pe- from dumas walker now and of course richard pointed out to us that that's actually a blues shuffle so you guys are a band that's you can do country. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I know you guys have kind of been outspoken about it, you know, like you you just now just in December did did the Grand Ole Opry for the first time. And I think you guys are pretty solid about, Hey, look, we're a blues band and a rock band too. And Mm -hmm. that's really cool because Mm -hmm. one of the goals of this podcast is to, you know, to show people that, and I think most people know that all music starts from the South and before I think anyway, before like the big music industry stuff wasn't stuck into lanes where down there, you know, authentic country bands, blues bands, you know, would cross paths and saw cool cool. Everybody knows each other. And, and then well, I think, you know, Southern rock is born when Dwayne Allman plays, you know, those sessions and sessions and muscle shows with, with Wilson Pickett. And then it's like, they say the blues had a baby, they called it rock and roll. And then I think rock and roll Uh, you know cross germinated again with with blues and then now you got southern rock what we call southern rock but it's such a great amalgamation of different styles it's another thing i I hope that we our podcast like brings people light with that because on the surface level i think you know and not that there's anything wrong with it because people probably only think of the first grouping of southern rock bands you know with like Skinner and you know marshall tucker and the outlaws and and, and all that Charlie Daniels, you know, but we're finding all these great bands from the South, from the Southeast. And I started at some point with the podcast, I started saying all things blues and Southern rock, just to sh- to illustrate the relation of these bands. I mean, Southern Governor is heavier, but there's still the Southern rock thing going on, you know, with, with uh, Mojo Thunder, I can't, it's the same thing. I can't necessarily say, this is a rock and roll band. This is a blues band. This is, it's an amalgamation of things and Otis the same way, which brings me to another point. I, I just think that like, we wonder who raised the bar for the Kentucky hand because it seems like somebody puts out a record and the bar is so high. And then Blackstone Cherry puts out records that, you know, I love their second one. I like all the records, but I really love folklore and superstition. And I really love family tree. Um, then Otis puts out a great record, you know, Eyes of the Sun. And then Mojo mm-hmm. Thunder puts out a great record, Hymns from the Electric Church, you know, and the list goes on and on, you know, and of course, you know, we should mention the Georgia Thunderbolts not being from Kentucky, but Richard mm-hmm. Young being right. their producer, you know, manager, mentor. Um, so, yeah, just like I, that, that's something we go back to Greg, like who raised the bar for you guys? Like, and is it a conscious thing amongst you all to go like, okay, now we have to be as good, or is it just natural? Is it like all Southern rock, where it so seems like it's ingrained um, into your genetics, into your DNA?
6: Well, I don't want to. I, I don't want to take the stage too long, but but uh, I think it was just a conscious. It's always been a conscious thing to try to go back, and you always appreciate new artists and, and what they're doing. But we've been a band that's constantly gone back uh, when people were listening to. Um, you know a lot of the uh, early 90s stuff man we were still going back and listening to Ernest Tubb and the Texas Troubadours and and learning about guitar slim and things like that but i think the band that really the where the light went off and and i and i touched on this a while ago in a way but the band that really opened the doors and and made us go i think we can really do this because we tried to get a record contract uh in 1979 80 through itchy brother and we had a a deal working would have with Swan Song Records as Itchy Brother, but it was the Georgia Satellites, man. I think they opened the dad blasted door and knocked it down in a big way for us. And I think Steve Earl and the Dukes had had something to do with that as well. But now, as far as going, well, we got to, you know, you got Paul McCartney listening to, or the Beatles listening to the Beach Boys and trying to outdo Pet <laughs> Satellite revolver yeah. but i don't think we ever got into that kind of competition obviously uh, the black crows i saw them open up for zz top <laughs> they weren't on too many dates but i saw
4: one. Open. <laughs> something <laughs> about really the beer good.
0: sponsorship
6: <laughs> they're really good but i think that band just as you said i think the second album they came into their own you know they they got really good uh and then they grabbed mark ford and uh I don't know, man. I'm not saying there's so many great bands out there that influenced us, and that, but I think people like Hydra, out of Atlanta. Uh, of course, we love the Almond Brothers. You know, we love Skinner and we love Wet Willie and all the the bands that we know about. But there was a few bands under the radar, such as Beaver Teeth, which had a couple of members from ARS ars was a great band atlanta rhythm section don't get enough love barry huh, bailey yeah. man if you really want to go back to some of the earliest southern rock they really didn't sound like it go back and look up the albums by the Candyman. Uh, they were a band out of atlanta and they recorded uh they worked for bill lowry bill lowry had something to do with studio one and uh and and ARS came out, they kind of came out of that candy band scene. The candy man were Roy Orbison's backup band, and they were and supposedly the first band to bring Marshall amps back to, to the United States.
0: You know. There you go, Boone. Great yeah. band.
6: Great band. Don't you have
0: one of those? Greg Boone was saying you might have one of those original amps.
6: Oh, I got some old Marshalls. Yeah. Old sixty-seven, sixty-eight, sixty-nine. 67, 68,
0: 69. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah
6: um can you well see i saw them?
0: i saw your sacks back there and i also saw your guitar rack there you go like, oh, yep
3: are, are you in a, are you in electric lazy land? land there greg <laughs>
0: yeah electric lazy land welcome
6: <laughs> there, guys there's this your guitars oh,
4: yeah man.
6: yeah gorgeous. this is where me and Boone work at. this is our little <laughs> mad dungeon right here <laughs> 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 good guys but man uh, and guys i want i don't want to hog the, the space up here because but but uh there's just so many great bands that came out of the South and I I know I'm missing somebody missing somebody, but uh, I think the Georgia satellites, not that we tried to sound like them, but, but I think they just, you know, and I love Dan Barrett. I love those guys. And I I think when they open, when that, (laughs) when keep your hands to yourself, that video hit MTV, it was like uh, ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll is back.
0: <laughs> well, those guys were riding the back of a pickup truck like New York City yeah. or something, weren't they? Isn't that the video? Oh, I love something it, man. like that. Yeah. I um, love
6: it. I, yeah, I love it. Maybe somebody else talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll throw it over to Alyssa. You know, Lissa, kind of what were the bands from the South? It doesn't have to be Kentucky, but Southern influence bands that really kind of got you to the point of where you are now and your love of the music.
4: Oh, good grief. Uh Lord, I grew up on the classics, like the oldies, my first love was Elvis. I mean, mm-hmm. when I say he was my first love, like I was in love with that man. <laughs> um, it was that bad. And then from there, it just kind of, of course, Skinner was, you know, one of my initial favorites. I was the weird kid in high school with the bell bottoms and Skinner shirt. And, that sounds
0: know, awesome, not weird. Yeah. Well,
4: they thought <laughs> I was weird, but that's still me now. So <laughs> I'll take it. But you know, Skinner and Allman Brothers, Steve Miller Band, um, of course, Georgia Satellites. You know, that I still rock out the keep your hands to yourself <laughs> today. Um, Trying to think, gosh, there's so many from down here, you know, that I love the the blues, um, you know, Howlin' Wolf, Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. things like that. And that's a dive that I've been taking so much deeper these past few years, because like Brian was talking about earlier, it all builds on each other. And it, you know it really did all start in the south and then just mm-hmm. exploded from there but this southern rock and all these little niches and genres and everything um it's just amazing what it's turned into today and then you know these days um i listen to a lot of uh them dirty roses magnolia bayou um josephines mm-hmm. uh i'm trying to i listen to way too much music that's why i can't think of these people <laughs> right now. Much uh but yeah no there's just those classics and it's it brings such a smile on my face to know that there is a revival of mm-hmm. the southern rock going on these days um because it's such a i feel like and i don't really do the whole genre thing because i appreciate all music and i just think it all kind of blends together um you know, I don't like labels, but Southern Rock was really underappreciated one to me. You know, it's not you hear about Journey and, you know, the Eagles and those big bands, um, but you don't hear about a lot of the smaller ones that uh, Greg was talking about. Um, yeah. Because when people think Southern Rock, they think Skinner. Right. And, you know, that's it. Um, but there's so much more out there.
0: Yeah well pat how about patrick how about you you know you're a virginia guy but what are the, some of the the southern influence fans that really as a kid and even kind of where you're at now actually playing music
1: yeah i mean we all grew up obviously Skinner and um uh, i mean we're all 90s kids so I, right. mean, I grew up listening to greg and the headhunters and alabama and a lot of the country more country stuff and then uh as we started playing guitar and stuff, we got more into Skinner, and I mean, there's so many great Southern rock bands; it's too many to name. But uh, I mean, a lot of Kentucky bands, obviously Black Cherry being a big influence, and uh, Willow Shade—that's another great band mm. that influenced us a lot. Um, and we've been big fans of Otis as well, and I mean, there's all kinds of. There's a lot of great music out there.
0: Did you pick up, so, you know, your style is that Southern rock, blues, hard rock with, it it does have a little bit of that 90s alternative sound too. Were there some bands too? Like, let's take that Atlanta or that Georgia um, alternative scene or other, that did influence you as well. Maybe they're not Southern or blues bands, but they're alternative bands from the South.
1: Yeah. I mean, probably our two biggest favorite bands would be Leonard Skinner and Foo Fighters. So, I mean, that kind of, that's where a lot of the, and Nirvana and, I mean, all the 90s grunge bands definitely influence a lot. And then, I mean, we're from Virginia, so being Greg or uh, Dave Grohl's here and stuff like that is kind of prominent around here. But um, we were influenced by that. But also, I mean, we're influenced by a lot of older country stuff um, for the most part because that's what we grew up on. But there's a – I mean – we listen to just about everything though too. So I mean it's kind of hard to there's just a, like a lot of a lot of different influences. But yeah, we kind of stick to more of the hard rock, southern rock kind of grunge, but kind of country in certain songs too.
0: It's that that's that mix of everything a little bit as Liz was talking about. This the the music just it's it exactly. entails so many different genres you can't really kind of pigeonhole it in one thing. Mm-hmm. Bryson, for you though, what are some of the influences that you have from the Southern Rock scene, whether it's alternative, blues, country? Um, I would start with so
2: if we're going the South, I think James Brown, Little Richard, Otis Ray, those man,
0: are- the classic old school man, it doesn't get any more old school yeah. than that. Yeah. And then, um,
2: yeah, from you know, like I love the crows. Um, I just more recently got into the Georgia satellites. That wasn't something that was necessarily on my radar other than like, you know, the one big hit, but yeah, like a lot of that old, like basically all the muscle shoals stuff and like all those Memphis recordings. I think that to me sort of is a lot of Southern rock and it's infancy is, you know,
0: it's like everyone's just kind of cranking the amps up a little more Mm -hmm. and playing
2: those sort of riffs, you know, slower or faster.
0: Okay. Um, Anything, did you ever get like driving or crying or anything like that from, from that scene, that Atlanta scene? I,
2: I just recently, like, as of like, three, check them out, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I've been listening to. I'm not sure which which album is the one that has honeysuckle blue on it. I've been listening to that album, like, start to finish for the last few days. That so, yeah. cry
0: of love, which Oddly Free played originally, oh. yeah, Greg, Greg, yeah. you like that one? Oh yeah,
6: cry <laughs> of <laughs> love bless their hearts a great great band they uh they came out at, at a weird time you know they did it came out a good time for a lot of us you know uh it can't, it was a saving grace for me but but uh yeah i heard that uh that first album i went oh man this is this is another yeah i think they they took it up a notch you know took it there was there's some good stuff going on with those guys
0: they, yeah. It was really good stuff. I, that's unfortunately probably bad timing for them. If they would have come out a couple of minutes, a couple of years earlier, or even a couple of years later, they might've really got more traction. That was like in the thick of the grunge scene, I think at that time.
3: Well, it, I have an or, observation about that. It seems like, you know, I, just, I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but I feel like if, you know, not to say that oddly Freed hasn't had like an epic career and probably a bigger payday's, um with everybody he's played with, but uh seems to me like if cry of love came out in this time period oh the success would be there because i you know i i'm not in bands you guys tell me but it is there less pressure because you don't have to try to sell so many millions of records you know and i think back then that was probably part of the deal like you know if you're not selling so many hundreds and hundreds am i right there greg you'd probably know more about back during that time since in you know and that could lead to a whole nother question what was the music scene you know, is that a big, huge, like, you know, abruptive transition going from the music industry as it was to it as it's now? Because you're probably the only one on the screen that's done that whole thing.
6: Oh, it's, it's way different now. You know, it's a whole different thing. Um, when Cry Love came out, and I've got to know Oddly over the years, we became buddies. And um, I think what happened with those guys, they put out uh, both albums, Are really good Mm -hmm. first album came out just blew it blew things it was amazing you know of course Government Mule we could talk about Government yeah, you know the the great band but but uh, I think now do you correct me they changed singers didn't they
3: they They did did, yeah
6: they changed singers and I think it came to a point oddly just got I think he just got tired man Uh, because because it was fighting a a losing battle with radio Mm mm-hmm um, writing all these great songs and going nowhere, and I think he just got tired. <laughs> I think, man, and that that that's easily ha- that easily happens. Getting the record deal sometimes is, is not well. It is hard. It's not easy to get a record deal, but keeping it and keeping the record label is it twice as hard, triple. You know, trying to sell records. You know, and we when we hit the market, you know, we had CDs, cassettes, singles. Yeah. Still <laughs> still I remember Kasingles <laughs> <remember> k- singles. <laughs> yeah, Kasingles Singles, Dumas Walker was a Kasingle Walk softly, I think, was too. And uh, you know, and we even had videos, you know, like little, you know, they they put our videos, our first three or four videos on a video compilation with with interviews and things. So, you know, hard copy. I when I left Ronnie McDowell's band after we signed the deal with um Mercury Records. I had to have a job in the interim and I took a little job at record rack in Glasgow. uh, And uh, I was stocking, you know, helping order stock. And man, I mean, back then, it was just a different world. You know, there was no, there was no downloads back then, baby. It was just all, (laughs) you know, people come in
0: physical copies, pushing
6: their skid row album. They'd run outside and you'd hear them crank it up right out there in the parking lot. You know, it was fun. Skid Row, see,
0: I like Skid Row.
6: So <laughs> a lot of Skid Row albums when I, about '89. Think Skid Row and uh, Motley Crue was big. God, yeah. there's so Oh Lord!
0: And Greg, you guys never fell for the hair and spandex spandex thing.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had one leather outfit. <laughs> No, it was no, Boone, have you seen this leather outfit? Oh no. I haven't.
5: No, no. <laughs>
6: no. no, and got I think it walked off to the woods and never been. Seen. <laughs> I, I wore we played Itchy Brother had a reunion in 1980. I'm, Boone was too little, thank God. Uh, we played at the uh Glasgow Armory, it may have been 85. And I wore this outfit and there's a <laughs> Gosh. Boone, do you know Stanley Greer? Oh, yeah. Stanley Greer, great piano player, <laughs> gospel singer. And he also worked at Butler Fun- not, no, he worked at a Crow Funeral Home. But anyway, he comes to that show at night and he walks up and says, Greg, where'd you get that guitar outfit? <laughs> <He got the laughs> guitar outfit. And I, I That's said, That's great. Oh, yeah, back then. I may have been buying some stuff at Chess King too. Who knows?
0: Oh my God, Chess King. But, uh, I remember that I'm place. So, <laughs> I might have got I'm, a homecoming outfit one time in high school at Chess King. It's very popular. I'm
6: sorry, guys. I'm sorry to tell school. Oh, so this, this, here. Here. this is what we need. Uh, yeah. I'm here for your comic
0: relief. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bryson, <laughs> anybody in your band have a leather outfit? <laughs> leather
2: outfit. <laughs> Not <comic>. yet. <laughs> I certainly
6: hope not. I think uh, we just do the top part of the jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, Matt walked off. It left. It's gone. Thank God. It left right after that one gig, I think. You
3: know. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go over to Patrick. Where did you guys record with Chris?
1: We recorded uh, there in Glasgow at a place called Music Is Me um, when it was open there for a short time. Um, but we had a good experience. How many music, how many uh, recording
0: studios are in Glasgow? I have
1: no clue. Oh,
0: gosh, I don't know. I mean, are, is there a lot? Because it's got, a, I mean, a pretty good music influence. Is there? Are there quite a few studios? Or is there really like one or two that's like predominant?
6: Uh, Boone, I think the only other little studio I know is Wayne Sexton's got a little studio. But that's more for gospel.
3: Uh, but what about where Blackstone records at? I don't know if that's going now. Is that still going, Boone?
5: I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what they're doing recording-wise. They had, uh, of course, <coughs> bit, uh, Ben and John had Music Is Me back when, you know, around the time that Southern Governor was recorded. And then there was Monocle Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
3: didn't Bryson, did you I'm not, work there?
2: That me? Yeah, yeah. We did a, uh, we did a single yet to be uh, released. Not sure what we're going to do with it yet, but yeah, we went down there for two days. But if, if you were a rock and roll band in the
5: area and you needed to record, you you went to David Barracks. That was pretty much the, the only place okay. for you to go.
0: Got it. So there's not like there wasn't like this wealth of different places to go because it is such oh, like a no. musical no. area. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, Oh, go ahead, Brian.
3: <laughs> you know, we usually, when we do the intro, we say we're going to raise our hands, but we didn't do that. <laughs> this is a
0: giant panel. There's no hand <laughs> raising. People just um, need to talk. Let, it, let chaos reign. It's all good.
3: So a couple of things, uh, Greg. Well, first of all, you know, we we had Charlie Starr on here just a little bit ago, and mm-hmm. he spoke very, very, very highly of you guys, and he did an awesome impression of Richard. I <laughs> laughed <did>. my, <laughs> I listened <laughs> to that over and over and over.
4: Oh.
3: Um, but... Uh, uh, of course, you know Richard is John Fred's dad. John Fred, the drummer in Blackstone Cherry. Um, so, how could I was a Blackstone Cherry song, and how different was it before what you guys did with it?
6: Uh, which song? Oh, you know what? It was way different because um, when Richard played it, I think it was more in a minor key. Uh, our version is man, we pretty much rewrote that song. Yeah, I mean, just took it. It, it was nothing. We kind of took it, and put it more into a. I don't know, XL on main street type thing, you know, like a
3: blues. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I, their version. I don't, I don't remember it being anything like that.
3: Mm-hmm. Cause
6: I remember hearing the, hearing the demo and saying, well, I don't really hear it for us, but if we're going to do it, I, I think I tuned the guitar to open a, or whatever key it's, we haven't even played the song.
0: Open recently. a, what
7: the heck? <laughs> open a or <laughs> open. G. I got to go back and learn it now.
3: <laughs>
6: but when we, we, recorded we had we just come up with another thing for it and um it's way different yeah way different
3: i think wasn't that left over from uh folklore and superstition i, I think no i thought i read a comment from one of the guys that that's where it came from
6: right i think it's correct wow. yeah mm-hmm.
0: well, yep. Boone, i want to know your musical southern rock influences and blues influence that you have because otis is a great band you guys got that nice hard blues rock edge going for you
5: Man, my, my influences, especially my Kentucky headhunter experience, is really different from from anyone else you're going to talk to because I grew up seeing them because uh, you know Fred Young brought a, uh, bought a tractor from my grandfather. I would see <laughs> nice. Richard, I would see Richard out in town, and you know I knew you know Greg's other projects he had going on. But a, a lot of it came, there was a a radio show on uh, WDNS hosted by Tommy Starr, and it was called Home Cooking, where he would play, it was a three hour show, and he would play nothing but like local regional music. So I kind of got uh, inspired by what was going on at the time from, you know, bands like uh, Tail Dragger and Super Fuzz and that sort of thing. But at the same time, I was listening to a lot of Headhunters, but it wasn't it wasn't classic Headhunters that, that you guys had to, you know, your first headhunter experience with when I was coming up, there was, you know, grass string ranch was out and soul was out. It was, it was definitely more of a rock and roll blues thing mm-hmm. and w- was really, really in- inspiring to hear that stuff. And then uh, I, I can I, I couldn't tell you the first time I heard Walt softly or Dumas Walker, because I, I was born in nineties. So soon as I was born, <laughs> it was playing. It was, <laughs> it was just, just kind of always there, but yeah. um through the Headhunters, Rufus Huff, Tail Dragger, bands like that, I found, you know, I found all the great classic rock stuff like the, like the Allman Brothers and the Allman Brothers was really where it was at for me, not not just the band itself, but the places uh, it took me from there because it, it just for the, from the first record your example, you're hearing, you know, you're hearing Muddy Waters, you're hearing uh, T-Bone Walker, all, all these great, Blues and soul. I mean, there's jazz and the Alman Brothers. So I was able to kind of work my way around into some into some other uh, genres from that. And uh, for me personally, I'm I'm more into the first wave of of Southern rock, which was uh, Almond Brothers, Wet Willie, Marshall Tucker that that whole scene that was coming out of Capricorn Records in Macon, and of course all the great all the great blues and soul stuff that uh, allowed it to happen.
0: Yeah. Do do we consider Little Feet a Southern rock band? What do we consider oh, Little Feet? Yeah. Absolutely, thumbs up from that, to me. It is. yeah,
6: very yeah. but... band. <laughs> God.
0: Oh, forgot for, God, for oh, yeah. sure, man. Dude. They're uh, they're getting ready to tour with a, a lead singer from another group. But they're coming to Columbus, Ohio. I think thinking this spring. I want to check them out. It's Scott, yeah, yeah, uh, Scott exactly, yeah, yeah. We know Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what's his last name, Greg Gerard? Yes, yeah. Scott Gerard. That's it. Yeah, yeah he was.
6: Greg Allman. Yeah, he was with Greg Allman. That's He's right. Either. That's right.
0: Great. Yeah. Great. Should be pretty good. But, you know, Little little one of the bands I've kind of always liked from a young age outside of the Allman Brothers band. Um, you know... course the Black Crows you know I got a lot a lot of those bands too from the Black Crows because like like my brother here on the podcast I was heavy into hairspray and spandex for a lot of time but I was also (laughs) loved Aerosmith at at the same point and like Jimi Hendrix and Clapton stuff because my dad was really into in that as well too but the the Crows have really opened my eyes and for I know I was in I liked uh, Shaker Moneymaker so I've really been in the style of music for a long time at the same point, and just to hear you guys talk about all your influences and who you like and Greg, of course, you know, everybody. It's really, really pretty cool to kind of see how everybody goes together. And mm-hmm. somebody like Greg's had a long history and someone like the rest of you guys have just gotten your, your, you know, started in your careers. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Bryson, for you, though, you know, Brian, and I talk a lot about your band Mojo Thunder. It's like a, like ACDC mixed with Southern rock and stuff like what are what are some influence that you have, like from the hard rock edge? From the hard rock edge? Yeah, like, cause it's not all just the southern rock. I mean, you guys are, you know, you got that, that piece of it, but you definitely have a little more of like a, a rockier rock sound.
2: Yeah. Um, as far as like a, like more hard rock, I'd say Blackstone Cherry is not as heavy as right. like any of us go. Um, but yeah, I think it would probably more just like Aerosmith or, you know, any of. Yeah, like, like 70s rock. Yeah, that's kind of, I think that's kind of where that. Sort of influence comes from us, is you know, because like you know, we all love the faces and the stones, and there you go. Yeah, yeah. I think we just probably have a little bit more overdrive on it, and uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that you know, smacking the strings a little bit harder, I'd say, is where that heaviness comes from. So, yeah,
0: good, good band. So, here I'm gonna take and run with that, like the faces and the stones. Where do you think the American rock scene influenced those, those English fans, those British fans that tried to do? kind of the blues and, and, and rock thing. And where do you think those British bands who've had success like the Stones and Faces influenced back on the American rock scene? Who wants to take that one?
6: Chuck Berry influenced the Faces and the Stones in a big way. <laughs> you go back to that early chess records, uh, it, you know, the Stones, as, as they got into exile on Main Street, they just turned it up a little bit louder. And of course, Ronnie Wood with the Faces, uh, I, I think Chuck. I mean, y'all, y'all can correct me. I know there's other influences, but you know the blues. Uh, you know, Chuck Berry was a big influence on those bands over there as well as, and I, and Jeff Beck has personally told me that uh, Johnny Johnson, the piano player, was a big influence on him. And uh, of course, blues. You know, such as Howlin' Wolf and all the stuff hit over there in a big way. And you guys, as it came back over here, as yet, y'all know who had influenced so mm-hmm. many, so many. <laughs> That was, oh, it's endless, endless.
0: Well, a lot of those blues artists seem to have a bigger fan base in, in the UK first and then influenced those bands. They came over here, other yeah. fans got influenced, and then they, people started discovering like those original blues guys or those rock guys. Is that kind of the way it went?
6: Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like Clapton and Peter Green and Mick Taylor. You know, they were they were picking up all these uh, over here, you know, by by the early 60s blues was passe in a lot of markets. And uh, (laughs) as far as the rock thing goes on, you you know, in the early 60s, you had Fabian and stuff like that happening. It was a different type thing. So basically Clapton borrowed the car and he brought it back, shined up just a little bit, you know, he shined it up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Billy Gibbons will tell you man Peter Green was a huge influence on him and Peter Green is an amazing great guitarist yeah. oh, uh, God bless him you know um, yeah the, I mean those three English and there's of course Jimmy Page we can talk about Jimmy Page right. and Jeff there's so many great guys but but the three that I really go back to often is uh, Mick Taylor, Peter Green and Eric Clapton's early
3: work with Mayall for sure mm-hmm early Fleetwood Mac too. All right. I'd like to, uh, obviously everybody's like, it probably has a holiday break, but what, what, what do you each have individually going on in your band and whatnot? And I'll start clockwise as I see it, Bryce and you be first. What do you guys, what do you guys got going on in Mojo Thunder after, after the holidays?
2: Um, I'll be booking for April. So we're, <clears throat>
3: we're not going to do any shows during the cold months. And we're <laughs> don't blame anything. you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
2: um but we have a two projects working on a new record um, right on and then uh, we're having some fun with uh some youtube stuff we're getting ready to sort of like do a bunch of covers and release those and um yeah those those are the two biggest things we got going on um are the you know stuff that we're going to do some videos for youtube with and then just recording the new record so uh, that'll take care of the winter, and then by the spring we'll be, you know, back out on the road. We going mm-hmm. to hear that track
0: that you recorded anytime soon?
2: Um, I don't know. Without the other three here, I don't think. Um, okay, um, you can't I, make
0: that decision I, 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 on your own. I, I, I official <laughs> Now answer. that's a good member of a band, right there. Not speaking for everybody else. I could, I
2: could probably. <laughs> I, I doubt they'll listen. They don't want to hear anything <laughs> they already do, so I could probably get away with it, but. <laughs> Short answer: Yes, eventually.
3: <laughs> right, but When you're next, what what do you got going on after the holidays? What's a, what's your uh, what's your life look like musically?
5: of course, as most of you know, Otis is uh, under construction for the moment. But something really cool coming up is Greg and I are going to be playing with Jimmy Hall on December. What? Yeah, yep. yeah. December. December the 28th in Bowling Green, Kentucky. You guys are a holding out
0: on us, Boone. Yeah, Greg. Know, we should be promoting the crap out of this on our podcast. every week. <laughs> What the heck guys? We should, shouldn't we? Yes, yeah, we, so should. we should. We should. Yeah,
6: no, we should. We will. We, we got to get with Jimmy Hall. Matter of fact, we talked about that today. We got to get with Jimmy and talk about a song list. Uh, it'll be Boone, myself, uh, Jimmy Hall, Johnny McGee on drums and Dean Smith on bass. And, uh, Wow. I, we're just going to have to play what we can get together fast, and f- it'll be Fast and Furious. The classics, Jambod- man. Jambodian's Bash, <laughs> December 28th in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Sam Luna, are you going to be singing or just playing guitar? What
0: are you going to be doing?
5: Don't, don't I'm going to po- be playing guitar. You know, when you're when you're on stage with Jimmy Hall, you, you let Jimmy do the singing.
0: Yeah, but, you know... You, never, you might get your shot. You're you're not a half-bad singer yourself. <laughs> no, Jimmy,
6: Jimmy, Jimmy wouldn't care. I, I know. I've told him that. But, it, you know, Jimmy might like just to take a break and bl- blow some harmonica, whatever, you know. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. It, it should be fun. Uh, okay. We can we get you guys' information on that. So
0: it's, it's bit- 28th of December in Bowling Green. Where again?
6: At La Gala. At La, La Gala. Gala. I think it's right. And uh, it's, it's a benefit. It's been, it's it's like, is this the 21st or 20th? Uh, It's the money is, it actually filters through to like local music programs and buys bands for, for school bands. Now, honestly, I haven't heard anybody say this, but with all the tornado tornado stuff going on around here, I'm wondering if they might divert some of those funds over to that. Who knows? We'll see
0: well we it's want been, to help promote for charity for sure whether it's through the music yeah. schools or tw- like let us know let us get it out on our our platform so we can help we'll let you know man we will. How, about,
3: how about the headhunters greg what do you guys got going on
0: afterwards? um really I, I the
3: first
6: date on the books unless there's something came through today that i haven't seen yet and i don't even know where it's at it's towards the end of the month Boone may know. I don't know. (laughs) Greg, Greg, what would you
0: do without Boone?
6: I'd be in trouble. Without in a lot of trouble, I I would be. I just kind of, I'm kind of like a flying squirrel, man. I'm from tree to tree. I don't. (laughs) Uh, But uh, we're we're taking a break now. The first of the year, uh, they're going to start working radio over in the UK. Uh, I believe, how could I, will be worked as a single over there. Oh. Um, I, I don't know what's going on in the States right now. I, I'm sure there's going to be more of pushing a single out in the States as well. But right now, we're just taking a break.
0: Taking a right break. On,
3: right
0: on. Patrick. Patrick. Congrats to you Got Well, hold on real fast. Let's congratulate Greg and the Kentucky Headhunters on your, what you guys just had really? happen to you at the beginning of December. You got inducted into? Right
6: well, we weren't inducted. We were abducted. <laughs> <laughs> but that's after 30 years or so uh we were at. well we, we finally played the grand Ole opry yes
0: we yes the
6: grand, uh i had played the grand Ole opry two or three times doug and i with ronnie mcdowell fred had played the opry before back in the 80s but this is the first time for the kentucky headhunters and um i, I it, it went amazingly great i can't say enough good things about it uh, there was a great fan base still there that really liked us, and uh, they're still alive. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> well, that and your, your new record is really good. My <laughs> father and I decided that we've got a new Christmas classic, Let's All Get Together and Fight. <laughs> and we kicked off our 12 Days of Blues and Southern Rock Christmas oh, yeah. on social media with that as our first one. So yeah. well done.
6: Let's all get together and fight. That's Ernest yeah. Tub on Acid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, <laughs> Patrick. He
5: cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, too. Patrick, cooks what uh, we got going on? What do you got going on uh, with Southern Governor music-wise? Everything after holiday break?
1: Uh, we're gonna get back together. We got some more new songs to pan out and try to get done recording, and uh, we got some stuff already recorded, just kind of sitting by. Um, and then obviously try to get some more shows on the books. We want to come back to Kentucky this year and you know get some get some stuff worked out like that It's just kind of right now i don't have a whole lot planned out just yet but it's kind of in the beginning process of everything
0: shooting for our new record in 22 to a full record eplp what do we got
1: uh we don't have anything super set in stone just yet but hopefully
3: one of the two okay right on
5: don't let him lie to you boy they got they got some good songs in the can
3: there you go Oh, working with you. How could they not be? (laughs) (laughs) And with them as well. What do we got going on? What do you got going on after holidays with the podcast, with Hillbilly Hippie Music Review?
4: Uh, Well, with Hillbilly Hippie, the only thing really right now is uh, this weekend, which will be before this airs. But I'll be in Pineville, Kentucky, covering the Jingle Bells at the Bell Theater Christmas show uh, with Charles Wesley Godwin and Cole Chaney and Drayton Farley and Logan Halstead. But then I'll be on break for a little while. Uh, After the new year with the podcast, we're continuing our um, Appalachian music series, our little dive (laughs) into the evolution of that. Our first episode was on a coal mining song, so we're going to move more to the bluegrass territory next time and other than that currently just trying to get my artist uh get his record recorded his debut album uh to be re- released in march i've got a couple of cuts on that so uh that's exciting to have a few of my songs out so nice. that's about it nice. well <laughs> too much going on pretty much
0: brian, <laughs> brian i have one question for everybody that should be pretty fast if i can throw it out sure there. All right. I want to know everybody's favorite rock Christmas or holiday classic song. All right. Everybody's got to have one. Rock and roll version. Boone, let's start with you. What do you, What's your favorite? Oh, man, that's uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, you did so great on the Halloween episode. You got to have a Christmas classic.
5: Man, man there's there's there so many. I guess I guess I'll I'll just I'll do a, a basic one. Uh, I guess we'll go go with Chuck Berry's uh, "Run Run Rudolph." That's hard yeah. to beat.
0: Can't go wrong yeah. with that one. Can't go yeah. wrong with that one. Uh, Greg, how about you? What what do you what's your what's your go to? Uh
6: man, I was thinking that very same song that Boone said, uh, "Run Run Rudolph." I love that. Actually, the headhunters did a version of that. Uh, yes, for uh, for a, uh, a Lexington charity back. Oh gosh, nineties Ace Magazine. Yeah, and I don't know if it's still out there or not. Uh, you can might be able to find it somewhere. But uh, we, I love that song too. There's so many great Christmas blues and rock songs, uh, but I have to go
0: with that. I think. Yeah. All right, hard to beat. Hard to beat. Lisa, what about you? You got a you got a go to holiday classic.
4: It was Run, Off Run by Chuck Berry. <laughs> it's always been my favorite. Um, but I've also always loved rocking around the Christmas tree. And the Georgia Thunderbolts yeah. actually just put out a version yeah. of that. They yeah, did. And yeah, they did. That may recently. show
0: up on our 12 Days of Christmas rock countdown for the it podcast. It's so very good. Well be.
4: The Georgia Satellites also covered it years ago and i just discovered that so, so if I've you're a band and you have george
0: in the name you have to cover that song yeah she do. it's,
4: it's the rule now <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you say the george satellites
6: covered it as well which i'm which pretty one? sure
4: i heard it it was oh, all i'm sure a, so let me let me make sure it was that one because it was on a southern rock christmas album oh no, it
7: could be
0: yeah
4: um i had charlie daniels on it and everything sure. um i will get right back with you let me find
0: all, all right you. To the internet's, all right, Patrick. What do you What do you have? What's your choice? Uh, probably run,
1: run, Rudolph. We've, <laughs> we've covered that. There's a version of Southern Governor playing that too.
0: Really? Uh, I yeah, want to hear that. I
1: think, you, I think it's. on. I want to hear buddy. that.
0: Come on, <laughs> <laughs> give us a link. We'll post it on Facebook or something.
1: All right, I'll send it to you. Uh, yeah, that one or uh, that whole Skinner Christmas record.
4: Mm-hmm. oh yeah. nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I All was right.
4: incorrect. It was "Run Rudolph Run" that the Georgia satellites covered.
0: "Run Rudolph Run." Oh, All right, not yeah. "Run Run. It's close. "Run <laughs> Run Rudolph." Run, run, you know, it's "Run" and "Rudolph" cool. in the title. Yeah,
4: I
6: know, they, I know they did a great version of it. Yeah, they boys. did. Yeah,
0: Bryson, how about you? What's your choice? Um, I'll do. I'm going to do two because
2: there's, Got there's no Christmas songs I like. Um, "Merry Christmas, Baby" by Otis Redding. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we'll do a uh, "Happy Xmas." If I can do that by John Lennon, does that work as a Christmas song? Yeah, we'll take it. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: You can't say no to John Lennon or any member of the Beatles, <laughs> right? You just can't do uh, that. Brian, how, your choice?
3: Well, I think you and I are probably the only ones that are familiar with this, but Black Rose did one called Backdoor Santa.
0: Which is a was it John Lee Hooker or somebody else? One of the blues, it's originally a blues song. Uh, uh, Clarence Beatles? Carter. Yeah. Clarence Carter. Okay. Right on. But yeah, Backdoor Santa by the Crows is a really awesome cover. I love that. That is one of my favorites for for sure. Um, I'm going to choose. So, Brian, you took my choice. I'm going to choose something different. Uh, The Cold Stairs, a great band out of Indiana. They just released a cover of Daddy Looks a Lot Like Santa. It's just Chris (laughs) on acoustic guitar playing it. I like it. It's great. It cracks me up, Greg. Um, we I already told you we got our. My dad and I have a Christmas classic with <laughs> the Headhunters version, so I couldn't choose that either. But oh, I nice. love. <laughs> let's all get together and fight. The lyrics cracked me up. I just listened to that. Thank you got you. a? You, you have a, a video for that too? That yeah, just that's right. Out.
6: It's out there. That's out yep. there. We, it's it. You can go to uh, the Headhunters. Boom! Uh, it's all over. The the the, the Facebook page right. The,
5: uh, yeah, a uh, publication called the uh, I think is uh, Na- Everything Nash. Uh, you Everything can, you Nash. can see it. You can mm-hmm. see it on there, and then I think maybe in like a week's time, you'll be able to see it on YouTube.
0: And I think yeah. we we pushed that video, or shared that video on our Facebook page for the podcast because it was really good. Now Thank I'm going to be you. honest with everybody. I'll be straight because uh, I'm not embarrassed. My favorite rock Christmas song of all time is "Don't Let the Bells End." It was Christmas. "Don't Let the Bells End" by the Darkness. If you guys ever have Ooh, heard really? of it, listen to, I, listen to I it. I check that out. <laughs> I've heard the dark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So imagine they have Ooh, a, it. Yeah. It is. It's like the it's like for Mariah Carey over here. Once once Thanksgiving goes past, Mariah Carey goes number one in the UK. This song goes number one every single oh, year great. for the holiday season. And it's I it's are. ridiculous. I like the darkness, but it's rock and roll. And you know, what? Um, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed.
3: They're oh, good. Jason. Oh, go ahead, Boone. <laughs>
0: Nope. No, i was just saying
5: I like the darkness. They're, they're a great rock band.
0: They really they are. are. And boom, are. our friends, the dead dead. So we're now friendly with Daisy dad. They're going to open for the darkness on their spring run in the U S. Wow. That's awesome. That's a big deal. This is a big deal. Great.
3: So Jason, can we do any sort of like, I don't know if we can do a full lightning round, but can we do a lightning round question for each person or we what?
0: are. We are, and the music one was one of them. But I'm going to do one other Christmas lightning round question for everybody. If everybody's good with that, we all good with that. All mm-hmm. right, Bryson, yeah. you're first with thumbs up, so I'm going for you first. What's your favorite Christmas present you've ever received? Uh guitar. What what kind of guitar? Um, I got a
2: is like a white PV Stratocaster.
1: <clears throat> nice.
2: That was like that was a, my first guitar.
0: So. Nice. Learned to shred on that thing trying to it <laughs> sounds like you brian and i weren't the only ones into spandex and hairspray <laughs> uh,
2: I, I i the spandex i probably couldn't have ever afforded um maybe some hairspray here and there
0: well zubaz are really cheap and that's an acceptable alternative <laughs> uh, Alyssa, what what's you what's your favorite christmas gift you've ever received
4: uh well I grew up pretty poor in the Foothills of Appalachia so Christmas gifts weren't a big thing but the year I got my first boom box and um I remember getting it it's just insane that Santa brought me a boom box and I wanted and I ran around the house at three o'clock in the morning probably in nothing but my underwear and my mullet <laughs> screaming holy cow holy cow so that is my favorite <laughs> Christmas memory with my mullet flying in the wind and my boom box because that, that was the Started my music, um, <laughs> love, I guess. So, my boombox. Did, did it
0: have multiple tape decks in it?
4: Well, this was in the 90s. So, uh, it wasn't I'm that fancy. One. Yeah. It wasn't quite that fancy. Did it, it have a
0: CD player? Or is it just like the radio? And it she had the CD
4: player, the radio, okay. and the cassette player. So, I felt like I So, was you
0: could tape from walking. CD to cassette and then put something in a car because the cars didn't have the CD player at the time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right on. I was thinking, like Brian, like us in the 80s, the big boom box on our shoulder yeah. with the multiple tape decks and all that. That wasn't
4: <laughs> that cool in my spandex. I
0: just had the mullet and the CD
4: player. So.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, Patrick, how, would you, would give us a favorite Christmas gift.
1: Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite. I would say probably I got a guitar. I mean, that's kind of what we started the band off of. I had this really cheap uh, ebonite. What was it esteban acoustic esteban, guitar yeah f l part about after six minutes or six uh, months freaking bridge ripped off of it, but uh until that it was pretty cool
0: then then that's what got you t- that that guitar is why you're on this podcast right now
1: exactly, so I guess that's probably a pretty good answer
4: yeah. <laughs> boom.
2: <laughs> Uh, when my uh,
5: probably when my parents discovered I was getting into blues music, my dad got me a BB uh, King box set for Christmas, and it went all the way back to like when BB just first started out, just uh, playing on radio programs. You know, all the way up to present day. So that that gave me a, a lot of homework for that year.
0: Wow, yeah. nice. Good on your parents too. That education, good for you, good for them. Yeah, for sure. All right, Greg, Mister Martin, what what do you have?
6: Um, Christmas '68. Uh I got a Fox tone bender fuzz tone mm. and a Clyde McCoy Fox Wawa pedal. Mm. And um also that Christmas I got Electric Ladyland by Jimi Hendrix. I got Disraeli Gears by Cream, Wheels of Fire by Cream, and I think Axe is bold as love. I got I got those four albums. Now we came up not real with a lot of money but i had a brother older brother that was very influential on me uh, and he actually got got a lot of that stuff for me like like the fuzz tone and the wah-wah you know he worked at a pawn shop and somehow he grabbed that stuff when it came in so, so i think that that was my favorite christmas right there i think uh, christmas 67 i got a magnus cord organ oh. <laughs> yeah you <anybody> know <laughs> those things up man those are horrendous
0: and and thus your transition only to playing guitar primarily in the band, right?
6: <laughs> yeah, right. I want I wanted to play uh She's About a Mover by Sir Douglas Quintet on a Magnus Chord organ. I just wanted to play nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Look it up, man. I mean <laughs> I wouldn't you know.
0: Brian, same question to you. Got a favorite Christmas gift? And like let's keep a music theme because we're all throwing music stuff out there.
3: For sure. I mean, well, I don't know about like, like I don't remember one particular year, but as people have been talking, I have a similar, like my first bass guitar was in 99 or 2000, a Squire, Squire Bronco short scale, which I eventually traded for an Epiphone EV zero. Um, none of that, I don't have that one anymore, but, um, also like when I was, my brother and I were kids, maybe like late seventies, early eighties, we got a stereo, you know, and it's the, you know, with the cassette and the the turntable and two speakers and, where the, the, there was an arm thing that, that the record would drop down from, and then, mm-hmm. but like, like an art, like the like some cassettes they open like real slow. This one, he it's like bam, <laughs> it shake the whole like table or whatever. But
0: yeah, you had the turbo stereo, turbo cassette. <laughs> um, mine, I'll share you guys with mine. I when the Led Zeppelin box set came out when they remastered and did everything. I was a big Led Zeppelin fan. I did not have every record though. And I remember getting my parents getting that for me and being able to go through that Led Zeppelin catalog and just listen to everything, even on the loose release stuff and just realizing how awesome that band was and how much influence they had. And like me as a guitar player, a crummy guitar player, but love Jimmy Page, the fact that he could play acoustic, play electric, different tunings, different styles Mm -hmm. and just sitting down for hours and listening to each uh, record in order which is great
3: yeah so i think uh, we we've wound down here i believe jason you want to make uh, any final final uh comments here to our, all our wonderful guests
0: absolutely you know we know everybody's busy it's right before the holidays um we appreciate everybody coming on to talk music with us and share because we're all related in one shape or form as we found out uh wish all of you your friends your families happy holidays merry christmas happy new year stay safe we look forward to working with you talking with you promoting your music and listening to everything you guys have and just thanks so much for being on thank uh, you yeah thank you thank you thank i you. can pretty much
3: mirror those comments uh, one thing i wanted to mention and we don't know all the details yet but um well the podcast came up but our buddies uh, david hudson and ian rice have a podcast called state of america it's all it's a black Rose podcast well, they just had Johnny Colt, the original bass player from the Black Crows on there. And this is his first, you know, he left the band in '97. His first post-crows interview since then. And uh one thing that they're working on, of course, their longtime keyboard player Ed Harsh passed a couple yes, years back. And Johnny had found out that he only has like a little wooden cross on his, he doesn't have a headstone. So johnny oh. and and the guys of state of America are, are heading up we don't know how it's going to work details but some sort of go fund me to get eddie harsh a proper headstone so but bad, yeah but yeah you've listened to that, that podcast is johnny is just energetic and he just lays it all out he doesn't really go into like any kind of like uh you know <laughs> slag and mud or whatever at the brothers or whatever but just Some other stuff, he's an artist and is great. So we get a chance to listen to it. But yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm glad you guys all came on. Bryson from uh, Mojo Thunder, Boone, Otis, Greg Martin from the Kentucky Headhunters, Patrick from Southern Governor, Lissa, Hillbilly Hippie Music, and from your podcast, thank you everybody for being on. It's been a pleasure and thank you so much. Thank you. Thank thank you, guys. Well, ho, 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 and Merry Christmas! How was that? Um, um,
0: crazy man, like <laughs> it's just your roundtable idea was great, and it was it was so cool because what you guys who are listening can't c- couldn't see is we had this big group of people, but they they would sit around and just the look on their face listening to Greg talk about things. You know, we've got a lot right. of young artists, a lot of young people in the music industry, and Greg has been there. His rock royalties, particularly Southern rock royalty, and to see everybody's expression while he's talking and just the enjoyment of them sitting back and listening to him tell stories. That's one thing I really took away from and really appreciated, Brian. I don't know if you noticed that up on your screen.
3: You know, Lissa mentioned that too. And she posted about that, like on her page, like she was, you know, and I didn't really even think about it at the time, but she's like, I was the only female in on a panel of men. And she's like, and then I was like chatting back and forth with her, which is awesome. And she goes like, she goes, I just spent the whole time just like listening to Greg just amazed just listening to Greg.
0: <laughs> well, you know, there's no, there's no wonder he has his own radio show because the guy knows how to have an interesting conversation, but to see these young, you know, musicians and Boone, Bryson, Pat, you know, sit there and take in, what he's saying and just enjoying and Lissa obviously who's in, who does stuff with music as well it's just and for me and you both but it's just one thing I just was proud of kind of sitting back and, and watching everybody enjoyed Greg speaking.
3: Yes yeah, so, uh, very very much true and it's just always just a treat to talk to him uh, he always goes Facebook live before his lowdown hold on on Monday nights and always uh, very supportive of everyone who chimes in with a message. He just
0: I, knows so much about just music in general, not even like the Southern scene or Kentucky scene. It's just this, just the stories. I mean, it's just, man, there's still hours worth of stuff that we need to talk to him about, Brian. You
3: know, and of course, when we had Charlie Starr on, he, he sang high praises of those guys. And I know uh, those guys influenced Blackberry Smoke very much. And Greg just knows everybody, man. He just knows everybody, you know. He knows uh, you know, JD Simo and he knows Audley Freed and he knows Andy Ayldort. He knows
0: all those people and all those those guys. So that's just uh, wonderful and amazing. So And that you know, new album is great. Again, I'm telling you, sure. Let's All Get Together and Fight is a new Christmas classic that sure. everybody should listen to when their families are gathered around. Love the album, love what they're doing. You know, Boone is practically uh, you know, uh He's an honorary member of the podcast at this point. He's been on enough times and such a good, gracious dude for such a young guy. He knows a ton about music as well, too. It's amazing the amount of knowledge that guy has.
3: Right. And so not only did I get that's a fact, Jack, I had to get the last one on Safari from the Headhunters. So
0: that's another good, good album, too, man. They've just had some real strong material. And I think if if all you guys are listening to right now are just thinking of those Kentucky Headhunters as a country rock band you're wrong mostly blues rock southern rock like go give them another spin I think you'll appreciate um, what you hear
3: yeah and I forgot to mention on our last episode and you know now that it's Christmas time and I'm showering myself with presents you know I got Jennifer <laughs> Lynn's CD oh there's Georgia is. Thunderbolts t-shirt so Ooh, what nice
0: very nice <laughs> so Santa Santa's done a little bit early dropping off for you right now If I've been a good boy, I'm going to in my stocking is going to be a Charlie Starr signature guitar slide. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, you know,
3: Santa has to, you know, uh, up his game because Ian Claus is starting to show him up. Ian
0: Claus is delivering (laughs) all the good to the rock and roll boys and girls across the world, across the world. I can say, because our buddy Pedro um, is getting some nice things delivered to him down in Brazil as well too. In fact, Brian, you and I sent Pedro an, an album because he won a contest with us too. And Ian Claus helped make sure it got down to him. Right on.
3: So thank you, Ian Claus. Merry Christmas, everybody. Always remember, Southern rock is reverent blues is blood. We'll see you next time. Down by the river
7: where the light Sunlight Muddy water Runs between To take a walk with me Too hot, need some cooling You know still wild, I show us deep Joe Dolan and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all in package with access to every article tool and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer.